0: Linda says, "Try again." Hello? hello,
1: hi, Linda. I don't know what happened. I was just standing here admiring this uh, these patios on this building, and I'll get to why in a second. And uh, do a I was little like,
0: patio scoping. That's a good hobby. Yeah.
1: And I was like, I feel like it's 730. Where's Andy? And I looked at my phone, and you had called, and I had missed it. But I had my earbuds in my ear holes and was just waiting for it to ring. So oh, I boy. I was
0: an emotional wreck over here.
1: <laughs> like she, did, she, she didn't answer. I wonder if something went horribly wrong. or Maybe she forgot.
0: With every ring, my heart sank deeper.
1: <laughs> Lower into the floor.
0: But here we are. We did it. We did it. Imagine finding you here.
1: Now, you say patio.
0: I don't think of Brooklyn or Williamsburg as the kind of place that has patios.
1: Okay, so when I say patio, it's like a two-foot by three-foot concrete slab. Talking about a stoop. Stoop, yeah, but it's on a one, two, three, four, five, six, eight-story building.
0: Oh, a little little porch thing.
1: Yeah, and uh, there's something in the Hasidic community where they have to have access to an outdoor space for some reason um, and I would be just doing all kinds of wrong if I tried to explain why because I don't know mm-hmm. um, but because of that all of these uh, buildings in my neighborhood they have this like forced little porch thing that's like barely big enough to stand on but I guess that like technically qualifies within their faith these, like, rules that they have to abide by. Hmm. Um, this podcast is,
0: like, a very slow and very incomplete <laughs> and poorly researched uh, <laughs> a, a uncovering of the Hasidic community.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It's, like, just, you know, slowly over the course, you'll get the shape of it. You know, every other episode, we talk about <laughs> a new thing we saw. Exactly. That's a That's a very French-style porch or whatever you'll call it patio yeah you know
1: a little uh oh, there's gotta be like a fancier word for it yeah. but anyways on on two of those porches one above and one below were uh those little tight like red and yellow cars that you pedal with your feet you know like flintstone style Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and
0: uh you're talking about this- a uh, cozy coupe i believe
1: Oh, good name. I
0: think it's called Cozy Coop. I had one of those growing up.
1: Nice. But yeah, so those are parked on the little, like, tiny, tiny slab of concrete. And it just makes you wonder, like, if the kids ever go out there
0: and just scoot, like, eight feet <laughs> and just, then turn around and scoot eight feet back?
1: Just scoot around in a tiny circle.
0: That'd be pretty maybe cute. That's,
1: maybe that's just where they park their Cozy Coop.
0: Yeah, that's a Cozy Coop garage. Starbucks
1: yeah. Uh, um, the cozy
0: coop was a dangerous toy for me growing up. You could uh, put that thing down, point that thing down a hill, and get some real speed on it. And it has those like uh, the wheels are like Ooh. in the style of they're like caster wheels, as if it was a grocery yes. store shopping exactly. cart or something.
1: My and, niece uh, loves hers.
0: Yeah, they don't hold up well to high speed turns and maneuvers.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Very prone, very top heavy. It's like driving a Jeep Wrangler.
1: <laughs> and they're also uh, they make it really easy to scrape your little toesies. On
0: the ground. oh yeah that's the other like thing that's really it's dangerous about me it's so easy to get your foot caught and then you like yeah, essentially run over it. your own foot and then yeah. you're in a world of hurt
1: it's crazy
0: these are memories i have
1: <laughs>
0: did you ever have a uh, a toy vehicle growing up of some kind
1: okay because i was I, I was wondering if we covered this or not but maybe toy vehicles yeah.
0: Yeah, the classic, the classic <laughs> conversation everyone has, you know, classic like second date material. What toy vehicles did this you drive is, as a child? This
1: is like such a story in my life, and it's that. Oh. Uh, my my sister and I wanted the cozy coupe so bad. That's like all we wanted, and it's like the simplest thing. It's just yeah. plastic. It's like, like tiny kid feet powered. It's like not a big deal. But my grandparents were like, oh, they want that. Well, we're going to be like super grandparents and we're going to buy them this like electric battery powered jeep thing. Did you
0: get you have Power Wheels Jeep?
1: And it wasn't even Power Wheels, it was like some other brand, but yeah. So it was like motor
0: tires or something.
1: Yeah. And then we were just so disappointed. And and we were like, you know, 3 and 5 at the time, so we You were had disappointed no other way to
0: receive of- an actual factual electric vehicle you could drive around
1: yeah because it was all about the little red and yellow cozy coupe with the little door the the little tiny plastic door that swings open And i think that it's something about the fact that the cozy coupe has a hood on it so you really feel like you're in your own space
0: oh you mean a roof right yeah it's got like a top (laughs) it's got got an enclosed cabin
1: wait what did i call
0: it you called it a hood
1: Oh, well, whatever. They know. both
0: got hoods, baby. And you can pop the hood on that power wheel a, see that big battery.
1: got a bill on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this was very formative for you, not getting your cozy coupe.
1: I know. So huh. my sister got one for her, uh, for her daughter, and it was a big
0: deal. Her daughter just wanted power wheels, though, probably.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was like,
0: what is this bullshit? And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon.
1: And I thought there was, okay, so there's one other thing I wanted to talk to you about today.
0: All right, I'm ready.
1: Uh, uh, do you ever just like in your head wonder if maybe some sort of rapture has happened,
0: uh, and, <laughs> and you're not aware of it? And I'm not aware of it. You mean like in the modern era, like in my lifetime, yeah. some here, variety I'll, I'll of rapture you. has has gone down?
1: I'll give you some context. I'm gonna need so, some. I'm gonna need some
0: examples here. You're gonna have to. <laughs> Flesh this out a little bit.
1: So, my building is uh, the one I live in. It's a very big building. It has like 50 units or something in it. It's like six floors and it covers like a whole city block. It's like a big thing. And uh, the elevator, you know, it goes from floor to floor as it's called, and then it goes back down to one most of the time if nobody calls it for a while. And uh, this has happened a couple times where like, The elevator is always just, like, right where I left it. So I go up to my floor, floor four. Mm -hmm. And then I come back, like, three hours later. And nobody's either nobody's used it or somebody else has come to my floor. But I haven't heard anyone. And it's just, it's there waiting. And I realize, I'm like, I haven't seen anyone in my building all day long. Huh. And then I wonder if, like, you know, because I was raised super religious but there was this idea that the rapture would happen, everybody would get sucked up into the sky and uh, a bunch of people would be left on earth to figure shit out.
0: How long did you, how long as a kid did you subscribe to the actual rapture idea? Like, did you think that was a real thing that might happen someday?
1: Uh, I'd say until I was about 20.
0: Whoa, really? (laughs) That's more than I expected you to say. You sound very distant. Are you being raptured right now?
1: I think so. It's <laughs> happening!
0: Oh! Wow! This is going to be a great episode of the podcast. What's it like? What's it like to be in heaven?
1: <laughs> oh, on, I'm still floating. Oh, okay. Earth is getting smaller. <laughs> you can only see my feet.
0: Now our podcast art is very literal. <laughs> this is actually a long con. This is a show about the rapture and how Linda's going to be taken, <laughs> yeah. and I'll be left behind here it's on exactly, Earth with the rest of my... Satanist, devilish, yeah. sinning friends.
1: It's actually just a really sneaky way to get people to come to Christ.
0: <laughs> that's how we'll get them. We'll mm-hmm. we'll get them in the door with conversations on episode about
1: episode sixteen.
0: <laughs> yeah, here it comes. Uh, actually, Clown Posse huh. did that. You know, that's uh. Wait, really?
1: Yeah, apparently, like on one of their last albums, they revealed that like the whole shtick of ICP was for God.
0: I did not realize that.
1: Yeah, ICP fans kind of just ignored that part. And they were like, Yeah, we're just gonna live this juggalo culture that you've set up for us.
0: I tell you, sometimes you set something off that's big enough that then you yourself can't stop it. It's true. Are you just like you're familiar with up? all the people that like, you know, the people that, for example, made the crop circles in like the sixties and seventies or whenever the hell crop circles were made. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they they eventually, like, you know, twenty, thirty years later came out and were like, Hey We're the crop circle people. We made those crop circles, and they have like photos of them making them. And they explained how they took like, you know, four by fours and tied ropes on them and like used that to press down the, you know, the hay or grass or corn or whatever in very specific (laughs) patterns. It was very consistent. And even though they came out and like explained it, a bunch of people are still like, nah, that's a scam. Those people are (laughs) just trying to get credit for (laughs) it. It was fucking aliens the whole time.
1: They've been planted here by the government. Yeah, exactly. To see what we shouldn't know.
0: But it's like, that's wild to me. <laughs> like You play a prank on a bunch of people, people buy into it so hard that when you yourself are like, hey, what's up? Pranked you. Uh, people are like, no, no, no. You're a scam artist. Get out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm following <laughs> don't the truth. I want to live in
1: the world where it, it was not you. But that's yeah. kind of... I don't... I, yeah. I got to say, I,
0: it's a little bit of a life goal for me. I mean, not for any like, you know... I don't want anything bad to come of it, but I would love to start something so big that I myself can eventually be like, hey, y'all, it was just me. And then people are like, no, 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 no. You couldn't possibly have done that. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I guess I got to start doing more things anonymously to even have a shot at that.
1: Yeah. That's true. I was never... Oh. 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 No, I was just going to say, I was going to close the loop on believing in the rapture until I was about 20. Close the loop. Say, and just say that... Yeah, that's
0: how that ended. Well, I was uh, and I was raised in a Protestant church, Lutheran specifically. Which in the and there's a lot of different Lutheran synods. Some of the very southern Lutheran synods are known for being extremely intense and reactionary. My particular synod that we were a part of was a fairly progressive synod, as far synod. as churches go. Yeah, synod is the name for like a the higher level grouping of certain Protestant churches okay like the whole right. religion is grouped into synods and each synod has like you know leadership and the synod either says like the gay people call it Hurricane Katrina or they say like we'll let women be preachers <laughs> you know right. one of the two things anyway okay. uh, so I was not raised to believe in the rapture that was not a thing I was ever taught directly oh that's nice but I, but I was aware of it and I for a long time and tell me if this was part of your logic too for a long time when I was a kid I was growing up I was skeptical from a very young age I don't know why, something inherent about me Probably to some degree uh, But I did a lot of reading I actually like read I say in air quotes, the whole bible uh, Because when I was a kid I was really into reading and I was like Hey, this is the book that supposedly God gave us that has like All the fucking answers about everything Like why would I do anything but read this book uh, And so I like sat down and just Read the bible like front to back And a lot of it a lot of those books are very dry, and it's just, you know, you're reading the words, but you're not really forming thoughts in your head.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, it takes uh, rereading and rereading and rereading to really get it.
0: Yeah, or there's not really anything to get. It's just like, God was mad, there was a plague. But, uh. Yeah. So I, I used read... to
1: do. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, go no, ahead. you, you.
1: No, because I'm going to, like, form a different thought. So I want okay. to finish yours.
0: Okay. All right. We're stepping all over each other tonight. Something in the air.
1: We're just excited.
0: So excitable. The uh, No, so I read it like front to back, and then I kind of adopted the posture when I was young, but still skeptical. I was like, well, look, I don't think this is real, but I also know I'm just a kid, and kids are dumb. And so I'll, what I'll do is I'll go along with this thing, hedge my bets. You know, worst case scenario, uh, it doesn't exist, and I hedge my bets and like, waste a little bit of time. Best case scenario, all this stuff is real. I get to go to heaven instead of burning hell, which seems like pretty high stakes. And for exactly. years, that was my attitude. I was like, I'll go to church, I'll say the words, and then if I'm ever judged, I can be like, look, went to church, said the words, so let me in.
1: And if not, no big deal.
0: Yeah, and if right? not, I just wasted, you know, a bunch of my life.
1: Just many, many, many valuable, precious minutes alive on earth.
0: Yeah. That's it.
1: Yeah. I think that that uh, is kind of by design, you know? There are so many, like, really convenient things about the faith like that. Where they're just like, hey, once you're saved, you're just saved. So like you might as well just do it and join this community.
0: yeah and then for then after that, once I kind of got over that, I was on the deathbed repentance plan. I was like I was like, Whoa. I read the book. all I got to do is accept Jesus as my one true savior. <laughs> I could do that after 89 years of sinning nonstop. so oh,
1: yeah, that's my plan. So in my church, uh, you're just saved and forgiven. For everything all the time there was no like they said that you should you know ask god to wait but you also there's a rapture yeah rapture is to take up the people who never accepted jesus like ever
0: wait 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 really yeah i thought i have this whole thing backwards i thought the rapture was all the good people get to go to heaven and oh right
1: right 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 sorry i was getting so those are the people who are left on earth are the people who Uh, never accepted Jesus ever and then all of the quote believers get sucked up into the sky
0: so just by going to this church and you know standing in the pews and saying the words along with all the other adults uh, you Uh were going to be part of that rapture you were going up
1: you gotta accept Jesus into your heart man that's step one
0: but it wasn't used as like a cudgel against you it wasn't like you better do the dishes or else rapture will come and you'll be stuck here on the fiery earth
1: but there was still a lot of weird guilt around things. Like, if something bad would happen, uh, my parents would almost, like, point it to something else bad that I had done. Like, huh, maybe it's God's Whoa. way of, of
0: uh,
1: telling you how bad that was when you lied to us. It's that just like, is...
0: That seems very... Uh... I don't know. That seems like it would be very difficult to deal with as a kid and possibly, like, damaging. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, as an adult, I can say, yes, definitely damaging, and I definitely won't raise my kids that way. But I, I say all these things not to, like, have a therapy sesh, but maybe some people out there have gone through the same things, or maybe they're doing it now. I don't know. I think it's just good to be open about it.
0: I think we should have a therapy sesh if you're willing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but what I was going to say earlier is that I got really creative with the Bible. So when you're talking about how you read the Bible... Uh, through and through, just like looking over the words and not really even absorbing any of them. I used to do this thing where if I was going through something hard one day, like if I was uh, feeling really like betrayed by a friend or something, my Bible had this whole like index of uh, like vocabulary words almost. And so I could just look up uh, betrayal And it would point to all of these different Bible verses where someone betrayed someone. And then I would like read through the verses to see how people dealt with that conflict. And uh, I actually found it like really therapeutic. Uh, This is when I was probably in like seventh and eighth grade mostly. That seems like
0: exactly how people would want you to use the Bible. Like you're just actually (laughs) getting life lessons from it.
1: Yeah. against me, all so odds about, yeah it wasn't so much about the Jesus stuff it was more like man I am struggling with something and I don't really know who to turn to but there's this book in my room and like 8 copies of it so. let's
0: turn to Methuselah what <laughs> would Methuselah do do you yeah. think overall do you feel like the church you grew up in and the religious influence in your life was a net positive or a net negative I mean, you, like, because oh. I mean, my whole thing that still kind of trips me up, right, is that. Well, I don't know, even as I even as I think it, I don't think it's quite true. In some ways, you could look at like the people that are part of a church, like the church I went to growing up, and in some ways, these are like some of the best people I've ever known, right? Like these people disproportionately, you know, give more money to charitable causes whether or not those was charitable causes or things I believe in or not, that's another question. Uh, but they spend time volunteering. Uh, they're dedicated to like actually building some sense of a community in the place that they right. live. Uh, you know, things that are all kind of like goods. And, you know, I have the cynicism too of looking back on that and seeing that like a lot of these people were just sad and lonely and wanted somewhere to go and hear the kind of system that was this religion and this institution kind of preyed on that loneliness and, gave them a place to go so long as you give 10% of your income to that church and give your time to, you know, their causes and listen to their thoughts and take those ideas into your brain. Uh, But I don't know, like the people, I, I don't think that like being around those people a bunch when I was growing up was a net negative. And to this day, like I did most of the charitable work that I did, I've done as a human being when I was associated with this church in some way. So, yeah. like, it's, it's a little bit hard for me to, like, look at it and say it was actually a net negative, right? Because all the things that I, quote, unquote, learned in this church, I also, you know, kind of shaped the cynical, like, uh, careful, thoughtful person that I am in some ways.
1: Yeah. I, I have a hard time regretting any part of my past because I really love my life and I'm always looking ahead. I'm always, like, always, always, always just looking two to three steps into the future and trying to figure out like what I could do to be a little bit better next time, you know? Um, and so if that was like the childhood that it, that needed to happen for me to be this person, then like, I guess I don't regret it. And I guess it is a net positive, but I also look back on my childhood and like, I see a lot of like confusion and loneliness and pain and sadness and like I was a really, really emotional kid, and there was a lot of guilt and shame put on me as an already sensitive person. Yeah, it sounds like you
0: were blamed for, like, I don't know, weird freak accidents because maybe the bad (laughs) thing you did caused that tree to fall down and smash our shed, Linda.
1: (laughs) Maybe. But, I don't know, they're also just, like, I think that religion isn't all bad, Uh, I think that people can just be bad. Like I was just talking to a friend this weekend about uh, this person in my church who uh, she didn't realize that me and my sister were both in relationships with black teenage boys at the time. We were both like 15 and 17 and both of our boyfriends were black. And this uh, person in a Bible study just got into the topic of race somehow. Uh and And they just said, it's not that I have a problem with black people it's just that uh, I don't think that you should marry them because you have to think about your kids and what your kids are gonna go through like she felt like she was doing the Lord's work by not having a mixed race kid and
0: that's kind of remember- buck wild in a lot of ways because yeah. it's and like I'm- it it is like to some degree it is accepting and admitting that there are, like, huge systematic and societal disadvantages placed on people based on the color of their skin, but then your solution is, like, don't have a kid who's going to have a hard life, as opposed to, like, work to fix these societal problems such that anybody that grows up in America can have a nice life as a kid.
1: Yeah, just don't be in an interracial relationship is what she was saying, and so then like my sister and i kind of glanced at each other like oh my god like she's gonna die when she meets like she was supposed to meet my boyfriend the next day and she did and there was just like this awkward (laughs) oh was it awkward
0: i can't imagine why
1: (laughs) but so my sister she uh she's married to a man who's mixed and um she ran into that person a few weeks ago uh for the first time in like you know 15 years or something and uh they got on to like chatting and uh just saying like oh how are the kids whatever and my sister like said yeah I have a daughter now and then she showed her a picture of her and then she my sister remembered that moment (laughs)
0: like like (laughs) as she's showing the picture she's like wait a minute oh yeah oh man
1: this person is gonna think like oh you poor thing oh anyway so yeah just a lot of like like I can't even begin to describe you like how I feel just recalling that memory like it just makes me cringe Yeah, And I can't tell if I'm mad or if I'm just like, I don't know. Like there's just so much horrible justification that happens in some religions and I can leave it at that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really, especially compared to a story like that, I have like nothing to complain about my religious (laughs) upbringing. Like the worst thing you could criticize the people that went to my church of is like kind of, white privileged complacency and ignoring problems. But I don't remember anything from my childhood where somebody, you know, said something racist or sexist or homophobic or transphobic. Oh, wow. It was always just, you know... I don't know. It was definitely an overwhelmingly positive place. Like I, I, do, I do not have the guilt that you have. I can't imagine growing up with that kind of sense of guilt and responsibility. I got guilted just because I didn't like church and didn't want to go basically Yeah. is, is like the extent of the guilt that I had to deal with and even that was relatively trivial. Yeah, it's, that's kind of hard for me to I just, I can't understand how people are like you know what we should do? We should guilt kids. Like, I mean I understand of course systematically why the institution does it because it's a means of you know, continuing to exist. It's a means of continuing to get Uh, people that are constituents, you know, if you make people feel guilty and make them feel bad, then they'll seek remedy for their bad feelings. But I can't understand how someone as a parent is like, yeah, this is good. Let's make this kid feel guilty about, (laughs) you know, jerking off or, you know, whatever Uh, it is they did that we're going to decide was wrong.
1: I know. Well, I think that guilt is like a part-time babysitter, you know, like maybe you don't know how to have a conversation with your kid about how to change their behavior. So you just put guilt on them. That kind of takes care of it. They just feel shame. And instead of learning, like, how to have a real moral compass, they instead just, like, know that they are terrible if they do such a thing.
0: Yeah, it's hard. There's a – I've actually kind of been thinking about this a little bit, but in a different light. We, uh, we had a little issue recently in the house, which is um, – so we were in Seattle a few weeks ago, as you know and uh we had a friend of ours who's actually staying with us watch sadie our dog while we were gone uh and this guy's watched sadie before uh, before he even moved in with us we like had a week where we were out of town and he house sat for us and watched the dog for a little while and you know so we'd like given him all the details about how to watch the dog and all kind of stuff uh and you know had no reason to not to trust this guy and while we were gone you know we came back we were flying back from seattle and we got tied up in chicago we had like a late flight and ended up getting in at like midnight we come home and there's like a pee stain on the carpet which is frustrating and there were like three separate piles of poo like like this guy just didn't take the dog out enough which you know is obviously like really upsetting like i was sad deeply sad that the poor dog was suffering and i was mad that
1: and they just left all the doos there for you he, to He apparently like, didn't
0: see to? it. Like, it's kind of inconceivable to me. I still don't really fully yeah. understand how it happened. But like, here I was, like, and now I'm an adult. This is another adult, and I'm faced with this like proposition of like, well, what, I mean, what do I do? Like, being mad at this guy accomplishes nothing. You know, he are, he knows he screwed up, and we told him what happened. He felt terrible, obviously. So like, saying anything to make him feel more guilty accomplishes nothing. And so I'm in this situation where like, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to like be in this place. I and mean, this happened a couple of weeks ago, and I've kind of just like, you know, time has healed things. But like, I just don't, I remember distinctly being like, oh, I mean, what do I do? <laughs> like, I, I can't, yeah. like, I don't, and I feel like that must be a little bit what it's like when you have a kid. It's different because, you know, you're responsible for like, raising a kid. And of course, all children are sociopaths. So the first couple of times they make mistakes, you have to actually explain to them that they exactly. did something bad. And, you know, there's a fine line between guilting somebody and like, making them aware hurt they have caused in the world like make you aware that the dog has suffered because you you know were irresponsible or whatever uh but then at a certain point it's like you know how do you respond if not by guilting somebody for bad behavior like what i mean what do you what do you do
1: yeah because as you're saying this i'm like wow i don't think i've ever actually heard parenting like spelled out like this like i want to take a community college course in like child psychology 101 or something Because for us, it was always a Bible verse. It was always, like, a commandment that we had broken. Or, like, the reason was always pointed back to the Bible. And, like, so if you lied, it wasn't like, hey, this is, like, uh, the pain or confusion that you could be causing to somebody else. Just imagine what that would feel like if someone did that to you. It wasn't really like that. It was always, like, Jesus says not to, and here's why. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a convenient way to parent, just to have a book of all the answers. Yeah. And uh, you don't have to come up with the explanation yourself. You're just like, hey, this fucking old carpenter said, don't do this shit. And you Check did out it.
1: these rules.
0: But yeah, it's yeah. like, I don't know. I had like a flash of like, oh man, is this, because I mean, if this had happened, let's say eight years ago, then I would have just been angry guy, right? Like that was where I was at in my emotional development. I would have been like, hey, dick face, you fucked up. Like what the hell's wrong with you? I Thought you were competent. <laughs> like whatever. And like since then, I hope to think. I like to think I've grown a little bit, and I'm not as like, you know, Im- impulsive. And I I try to eschew anger. I don't like anger. But uh, but I'm left with like, all right, well, I mean, what? I guess I just say like, hey, this happened, and he says like, oh, that sucks. And I'm like, yeah, it does. <laughs> we're we're sad that yeah. the dog was suffering. Uh, but but yeah, I, I was just like kind of at a loss.
1: Yeah, that's sad. But anyway,
0: anyway, sure is scary to think about having kids someday, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't fuck it up.
0: Oh, jeez. I can only Good imagine luck. the myriad of ways in which things will be fucked up that we wouldn't even expect, right? Like, I yeah. feel like you never, you never can possibly play in the ways you will fuck up your kids. You can pr- try and no. prevent it, but you just don't know what's, what's going to fuck them up.
1: You can't know.
0: I mean, like For example, uh, I was talking about this last night. We were talking about spiders and bugs and whether we're scared of them. And I <laughs> Ew, actually, I'm actually not scared of bugs so much. Spiders don't really bother me. When I was a kid, I was kind of fascinated with them, right? So I had, like, books about spiders. Uh, and at some point, my parents bought me a book about spiders, thinking they were doing a good thing. Like, here's a spider book for you because you like spiders. Uh, of course, very innocent. And this book had a line in it about Black Widow Spiders. And of course, I read about the Black Widow Spider first because it is the scariest of all spiders. Because
1: it's the most famous.
0: Exactly. So I go to read that one first, and it had this like little like, call-out, you know, like th- picture school textbook style. You've got the columns of text, and then you got the little like yellow box. And it's like, did you know? And the did you know <laughs> fact was that, did you know Black Widow Spiders love to build their webs in toilet seats? And what? then when people sit down, they bite them. And I was like, that is the most horrible thing I've ever heard. And Linda, I swear to you, for probably 12 years of my life, I checked every single toilet seat I ever sat down on oh for Black God, Widow Spiders. For did. Forever. That's I just crazy. checked them forever. That, I
1: had no idea. Wait, which part of the toilet seat? Are we talking like the, like the front, the back, like, like, the hinges? Like
0: across the hole. Like, you know, you've got the cover. I mean, you've got the actual seat on a hinge that's got a hole yeah. in the middle. Like across that, apparently. They're what? notorious for building their web right there
1: right in the middle
0: of it right right in the middle of it and like you they, they would be like they would be hiding under the seat because you know a spider doesn't hang out in the center of right. its web well not most spiders some spiders do i think it depends on the type of web but black widow spiders don't they hang out on the edge you know with their little like line waiting to feel some tension so you might not notice a little like whisper thin spider right. web then you sit down and boom baby now you got a spider on your junk boom no good. That's
1: crazy. Wait, so what do they eat? Do they eat like flies or something? Yeah, they, eat, they
0: eat insects and whatever kind of lands in so their web.
1: They're not there just to catch your butt. They're, they, they're they do
0: not catch, eat your butt, no. There to
1: no, catch Black Widow
0: spiders are not insects. just like millennials, always eating ass. No, they, uh, <laughs> they, they eat the insects, I think. And just for some reason, okay. that shape and like the kind of things they're drawn to ends up being very conducive. This might not even be true. I read this in a book in, like, 1994. This could be completely false as far I as I know. I think
1: read a, a Goosebumps book.
0: Let me see. I'm going to Google it right <laughs> now.
1: Are misremembering it as science.
0: Toilet seat. It did autocomplete. Oh, Ooh, it's, it's a, no. there's a thing on Snopes. This is great. Snopes is going to answer this for me. Oh,
1: good. Me. What does Snopes say? What does Snopes say? Because I am about to check every toilet seat for the rest okay. of my
0: life. Okay. Fact check. Killer toilet seat spider warning. Was a man in Ireland killed by the bite of a deadly red back spider? I guess what they call them in Ireland. Example, origins... Where's the... I feel like they should have a big thing at the top that says true or false. Oh, it's undetermined. They haven't determined it! What? Undetermined! How dare they? Oh, boy. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's an alarming thing. Sorry if I just st- <laughs> scarred you the way that this book my parents gave me scarred me many years ago it's by accident. It's
1: okay. Can uh be it, in the
0: toilet Hunger. i saw
1: something really great happen uh right as you were coming to that conclusion i, I just walked, watched a girl walk across the bike lane uh and just completely right in front of one of those like uh, motor powered bicycles and the guy like swerved to avoid hitting her like almost fell off she didn't notice because she had her headphones in and mm-hmm. she immediately just walked right into SoulCycle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is quite poetic.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. Like, she's still, like, she's in there. She's getting set up on her bike. She has no idea. Look, she's not used to bikes that can hit people.
0: Her kind of bike stands still.
1: into. <laughs> yeah. There are no bikes in the world. They're yep. all stationary. It's true. Should be. It's dangerous
0: out here. Is it as beautiful there as it is down here, Linda? We're having a nice evening down here.
1: We're having a very muggy day today. Ooh. It
0: uh,
1: is about 92 Ooh, and yuck. extremely humid. So I've got my linen pants and my tank top on.
0: Living I'm like, your best every life. now
1: and then, every now and then, I, I raise my arms outside of me so that my armpits can catch a breeze. Air mount. Is it, what, what is it down there like? 70
0: oh it's not that no it's not that cool it's maybe you know 85 or something but we had a nice breezy evening
1: nice yeah good for you
0: well linda that's 30 minutes
1: that's
0: 30 minutes enjoy your evening i'm
1: gonna go eat moroccan food
0: all right bless up good night linda
1: good night andy bye
0: bye